We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church.
Good morning. Welcome to worship today. As you can imagine, this reverse text has been really exciting for me. I just keep verse 16 over and over and over again. Could not wait for worship today. So as we begin our worship service, I want to read those same words that Paul wrote to another church, to a church in Ephesus. So follow along with me as I read Ephesians 5, 17 through 21. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. It's already been a good day. I look forward to worshiping with you this, this hour. Let us jump to our feet. Let us fill the earth with music. Hymn 614.
Paul is speaking to the greater congregation, the greater choir of worship, and that is you. Would you welcome your fellow choir members to worship this morning? Welcome to worship. We are glad that you are here. How many of you jumped when Aaron said jump? I didn't hear any, anybody say how high there, Aaron. There was, we all just got up. We want to welcome you to First Baptist Church. We're grateful that you're here. If you're a visitor, we'd love to get to know you. And the way we do that are these guest registration cards. They should be in the pew back in front of you. If you would take that and put your name and uh, info on there, and put it in the offering plate at the end, um, we would love to get to know you. You also notice that there is info on the other side about reverse. Every week, our church has the same text through the week. Same text across our services and across our classes. It's a bond of unity for us where we unify around Scripture. One text for this congregation. And so you see the ways we do that listed there and, and places for prayer requests as well. So uh, take note of that that card that's in front of you. And also want to say this morning, as we, as we gather together in worship, we are thankful. We are thankful that we have a loving and gracious God who's given us a new day. Because there's a lot of things that we could worry about. There's a lot of things that we could worry about tomorrow. There's a lot of things that we could worry about next week. But, but Scripture reminds us and Jesus reminds us to, to, to let tomorrow worry about itself. But, but be thankful this day. Be thankful for the breath you have, the breath with which we can sing. Be, be thankful that we have a new day in the presence of the Lord, a new day to be together, a new day to worship. And this day we hand over to our Lord in faith, saying, this is you, this is yours, this is for you, Father. Let's pray together. Lord, we are grateful. Grateful every week we can come into this place to love on one another, to care for one another. Lord, to, to know your spirit, to experience your, your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that as, as we gather in this place, and Lord, your spirit fills us up. Lord, that this would be a time of holy thankfulness and great cheer because you are good. So, Lord, this day is yours. We will sing and be glad because you are our Lord. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. As I said earlier, uh, I have been really excited about this week for some time now to come and, and study the scripture and to share with you this, this worship service. So pastor's been very gracious to me today to give me a few extra minutes, so I just want you to know before, before I do that that it's with his blessing, so before you give me the hook too much. But um, we're going we're gonna to continue our worship by reading this account in Acts 16, this very familiar story 
So it will set the tone for where we're about to head. Follow along as I read. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for the light and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and all your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all those who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. And immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. And he brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. Thanks be to God. Do you think that either Paul or Silas thought their worship would bring down the walls of the prison? I really doubt it. I don't think it was their prison break plan. But their worship was an expression of who they trusted. They'd likely heard the disciples tell them the words of Jesus recorded in Matthew 18.20 that said, For wherever two or three of you are gathered, I am there with you in the midst of you. They knew they were not alone, and so they worshipped. They knew the stories of Daniel, and Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego, stories where God delivered those who remained faithful, and so they worshipped. They knew and trusted the psalmist when he sang the 23rd Psalm that said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So they didn't fear. And they sang. They trusted those ancient psalms again when, when they remembered Psalm 150 that said, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so they did. Or perhaps they remembered Psalm 96.1 that declares, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. They knew these to be both promises of God who delivers and instructions for a people who will worship. They knew of a God who was present, who was aware, and who deserved praise. This God was to be praised. Did you, did you catch that in the, in the reading? It said they sang psalms of praise. What may have begun as an annoyance to the jailer, and let's be honest, singing after midnight, But those songs of praise beca became a gateway to salvation for the jailer and his family. Knowing the story and all these others, let me ask you, is this how you worship? Do you believe that our worship can bring these walls down? And even if they stay put, could it be a gateway to salvation for you or for some others who hear? It should. So why don't we sing the wonder story?
shall we? Hymn 537, let's stand together and sing the song of faith. be seated. Amen. Children, come on down. Meet me right over here. It's good to see y'all. Well, welcome those watching on TV this morning. We're grateful that you are a part of our church. Yeah, come on down, everybody. How are you? down everybody got a uh, couple of questions for y'all today before we get into the children's stuff though did, did, did y'all y'all hear pastor Aaron say sing and sing out 
Did you hear that? Yeah, are we singing out? This today's, today's a good day to sing out. All right, we, got, we need some more encouragement, Pastor Aaron. All right, let me, let me ask you this. So I want you to tell me, and you can just answer, just answer out loud. You have to raise your hand or anything, you just tell me. Uh, and I'll kind of look this way first, then I'll look over this way, okay? So over, over here first, I you to help me. What are some things that you do every day? So just tell me, what are, what are some, just say them out loud. What do, you, what do you do every day? Go to school, gymnastics, homework, brush your teeth, good job. Eat dinner, go to bed. Breathe, have breakfast. Good. Over here. What are some, what are some of the... Math? You do math every day? I'm sorry. Go, go to school. Good. What, what are some things you do every day? Science. Man, y'all are such good students. Go to church. That's a good one, too. Yeah. I go to church every day. Huh? Minecraft. Oh, fun. That's fun. A couple more. Oh, that, why did we get cheers for Minecraft? That's, yeah, go... Play Fortnite? Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, let's set those as a, yeah, we'll, we'll pray. Good. That's right. That's a perfect segue. All right. Let, here, let me look this way just for a second. So in the, in the service today, I want you to listen for this. When, when, we, when we get to the scripture, we're going to read a couple things in the scripture. And when I get to the sermon, I want you to listen for a couple things. Because one of the things that the scripture encourages us to do is just like we do all these things every day, like brushing our teeth getting dressed, going to school, doing our homework. There's something that's just important or maybe even more important than all of those other things that we need to do every day. And part of that, so we, we were talking about prayer earlier, and that, that's part of it. What we need to do every day is recognize who Jesus Christ is. In fact, we, we need to go to him, we need to pray to him, we need to sit with him, we need to sing with him. All of those things... It, and yeah, and read our book, read our stuff from church, and read our Bible. All of those things help us draw and listen to him. That's exactly right. All of those things are true. So I want you to listen. There's a couple of things I'm going to talk about in the sermon that we all do every day. And I want us to take that and remember that just like those things, we need to be with Christ every day too. Okay, so listen for how we talk about that in the sermon today. All right, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for allowing us to be in your house and together with you. We pray that you would bless our singing and bless our days ahead. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you. None of them said they sing every day. Okay, pastor said they need more encouragement, so here goes. So thinking back to Paul and Silas in the prison and what happened after they began their midnight praise, whether or not Paul knew that his singing would bring the house down, he now had a clear picture of what true worship could do. In his letter to both the churches, Ephesus and Colossae, he makes clear that they are to be marked as a singing people. When we sing together as a body of Christ, walls crumble. Now, maybe not the brick-and-mortar walls supporting the sanctuary, but surely walls of resistance to the Spirit that you have erected over the years. You cannot do both. You cannot. You cannot fully surrender in worship and hide behind the walls that you've created. I think there was more to Paul and Silas' motivation in the jail cell that evening 
I think that they had also heard the story of Jesus and the disciples in their Last Supper together. Matthew and Mark both recorded in the same way. You know, you hear these words every month as we gather around the Lord's Supper table. That this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. Whenever you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And every time you do it, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. And then both Matthew and Mark record one more sentence. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. We so often go from the Lord's Supper to prayer in the garden. But I hope you catch this. It almost seems like an afterthought, doesn't it? After singing a hymn, they went out. Why should we care about this or call special attention to it? Needless were none of the deeds of Jesus Christ. And if he does or says something, we should take note. Before the darkest chapter of human history, before the part where Jesus is the most alone, where he will feel despair, torture, ridicule, before all these things, the last act with the remaining disciples is to sing. He called those 11 remaining together and he said, Sing with me. Jesus understood what this act would represent for us. But it also came as a moment of strengthening for him before he faced what he had to face in the cross. He sang. We sing. We sing his words to each other, with each other, for each other. Is there a greater equalizer that you can think of than to make music together? Doctors and dropouts, housewives and homeless, octogenarians, millennials, blue-haired by choice or by age. <laughs> we are all the same when we sing. The singing church is the best picture of this, this scripture. In the light of instructions given earlier in this passage, the singing church is the vehicle to a community of Christ to engage in humility. You know there are people next to you that sing better than you. You know there are people that sing next to you that are worse than you. And yet if we accurately interpret this, we are all called to worship. We are brought together. Think about the earlier passages of this scripture. It talks about forgiveness. How, can we, how often have we talked about this during the Lord's Supper? You cannot take it if you have something against your brother. You cannot genuinely worship if you have not sought forgiveness. Singing together demands a clear conscience. Bearing the burdens of others. This, someone, this Sunday, someone will need your voice to sing for them. You will need to be their voice. It will be all that they can do just to show up. And it's our burden, it's our task, and our joy to utter those words on their behalf when they simply cannot. And next Sunday, someone else may need to be your voice. We are made for community. We are made for worship.
We are made to sing. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, our great Redeemer's praise. Let's add our voice to that great hymn. Would you stand together? Hymn 216.
Amen. Before you uh, check your watches, I did yield some of my time to Aaron this morning. And I would say, you, you got off uh, easier than 8.30. In 8.30, he was calling people out. He was pointing at people and calling people out by name. I don't, I don't know where that went, Aaron. He must fear you a little more than that 8.30 crowd. I don't know. If you would, pull out your listening sheet. It should be in your bulletin. It looks like this. And we're going to read together our reverse text for the week, Colossians 3, 10 through 17. So as you pull that out, let's stand and let's read this together. This then is the text for today. And have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there's no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, and all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. May God bless the reading of his word. So what are the things that we do daily? If we have our own little children's sermon now for all of us, what, what are those things? What are the things that we do daily, day in and day out? Much like our children reminded us this morning, um, a lot of it is, is hygiene. We shower, we change our clothes, we brush our teeth, we comb our hair. And you know, when, when you're a high school boy, sometimes you don't think you need to do these things. <laughs> and you certainly don't need to do them daily. And so when this happens, you get a high school boy that is smelly and disheveled, and they have to be told to take care of themselves. When, when I was in, in high school, was a sophomore or junior or so, I, I had an assignment that at the graduation, I was to stand on the stage and I was to kind of help where they needed help. And it turns out I hadn't shaved that day. And so when I got to graduation, I was preparing, I was standing there on stage, one of my football coaches came and handed me a razor at graduation, about 15 minutes before it's uh, supposed to begin. He said, go shave. And so I went into the bathroom and I shaved. Now sometimes we need people to look after us like that. Because we're not taking care of ourselves. We're not taking care of those daily things that, that need to be done. And so I, I hope we're taking care of our daily hygiene that, that, that we have and, and all of us are about. Because it is renewing, right? It, it gives us a, a, a sense of refreshment. It, it, it helps us to, to have, have this new uh, sense of 
of hope about us. It gives us this, this new sense of peace when we're clean and taken care of. But you know, it's more than just the, the hygiene. You know, some of the things that we do are, are sustenance every day. They, they keep us upright. They give us the strength that we need. We, we eat well. We, we drink water. We sleep. We get the rest that we need. And, and it renews us. It, it gives us this energy. If we can just get the, the, the right food and, and the right water intake, it gives us what we need to make it through the day. Each day, we're, we're renewed by these things. Now, it's temporary, but these simple actions give us the, the energy, what we need to take the next step going forward. And you know, if you go without any of these kinds of things, with just a day or two, you begin to look disheveled. And you even move beyond that. More than a day or two, you, you, you move from this um, sense of, being disheveled to just being lifeless. The, the longer you go without renewing the, the daily routine, the more unstable life becomes. I want you to look at, at verse 17 again. It's the last verse of our, our reverse text this week. Colossians 3, 17. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So this week we have this reminder, whatever you do, so you're going to go through all kinds of things today, and you're going to do all kinds of things today, from shaving to breathing. Whatever you do, your phone calls, your dinner, whatever you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is, this is in Christ and for Christ and with Christ. All of it from the time your eyelids open until they close. The real renewal happens in the person of Jesus Christ. More than brushing your teeth in the morning, you need Jesus Christ in the morning. You need to experience Him and know Him. That, that is where your hope and your renewal lies. That, that's where your, your sustenance comes from. It's the person of Jesus Christ. You know, we teach our kids that the, the needs of life or, or the things that, that renew your life and give you energy are things like food and water, air and shelter. That these are the things that give us a new shot at life today. But there's a glaring omission there that stands above everything else on all of those needs. It is our God who has given us this new day. You weren't promised today. Today is a gift of God. And He's allowed us to have another breath on this earth, another breath to sing with, another breath to bless with, another breath to, to, to give praise to His holy name, and that is a blessing. We're not promised tomorrow, but today we take it and we live in faith because it is good and a gift of our God. You see, it's God that gives us the bread for today, the breath that we need. And any renewal that happens in our hearts and in our lives happens at the hand of the Lord. And until we recognize that, we are going to struggle day in and day out. Whatever you do is in Christ and for Christ. You know, some of us struggle here. We, we want, we, we take our ego, and, and by our ego, ego and our selfishness, we want to sustain ourselves. We want to take care of our own lives. 
There are days we wake up and it's as if we, we tell God, I'm strong enough to handle today. God, you don't, you don't have to bother with me today. I, I can take care of today. Some of us, that, that turns into weeks and months and years where we look up to God and say, I've got it today. And so many of those days, we, we just make it up in our minds that, that we're just going to grunt through it on our own. When, when we were never called to, to grunt through it on our own. You see, the, the creator of the world, the, the savior of all that is in it, is right there with us. You see, we, we read verse 17, and we, we think this is just a, a whole ordeal. So I'm going to have to consider God when I'm, when I'm struggling to open my eyes and find my socks I'm going to wear today. Or we think, we, we read verse 17, and we hear that, and some of us hear that, like it, it's, it's going to be our boss sitting next to us all day long, just jotting down every poor decision that we make today. But we are mistaken if that's how we think God is working in our lives. We're mistaken if, if that's what we think verse 17 means. See, what, what God is saying in verse 17 is that God is with you to guide you. God is fighting for you, and God loves you. God is supporting you. God is perfecting you. God is completing you. He, he's doing everything to make this right. He, he's, not, he's not just taking notes about ways you've misbehaved. He's holding your hand and helping you forward. It's in, it's in the person of Jesus Christ that, that God is building us up and giving us the strength for a new day. See, when the, the, the text tells you to get up and put on a new self, that getting up and putting on a new self is in Jesus Christ. And, and that's exactly what you need. See, as much as it is a command, it, it's, it's what you need to be renewed. You, you need this, this experience and relationship with Jesus Christ so much more than a shower or a salad. Putting on this new self in Jesus Christ day by day will change your life for good. And it is your only hope. There, there is nothing else out there for us. Now, I want us to consider as we move forward, it's, it's on your listing sheet, kind of like a pyramid. That there's a, all kinds of things listed in our text for today. They're phenomenal. They're, they're the amazing work of Christ in our lives. That, that if you will embrace Christ as often as you change clothes, you're going to find compassion in your life. In fact, cruelty will just drift away and compassion will come. And who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want more compassion in their life? Meanness leaves you and kindness comes. Arrogance falls to the floor and humility clothes you from above. These are the kinds of things that Christ is doing in your life, the kinds of things that Christ is bringing upon you. And, you know, we have to be careful here because some of us hear these things. And, and we hear that, that, that Christ is, is taking the meanness out of our life, that, that we think he, he's going to do that for somebody else and, and take that out of somebody else and remove somebody from us. But that's not necessarily what he's talking about here. This, this is for you. Jesus is making you less mean. Jesus is making you less arrogant and me less arrogant. He's making us whole and perfect by his blood of the Lamb and the work of the Holy Spirit. This is in you and for you. 
You see, as Christ begins to work, he gives us the strength to be gentle and patient and forgiving. And we know what this means, that Jesus is going to take the rudeness out of your heart. All the complaining and all the resentment is gone. All because you put Christ on in the morning rather than your old worn-out self that should never leave the drawer again. Because so many of us get in the habit of, of pulling out that old worn-out self and putting that on in the morning. It's something familiar. We remember it being comfortable. And in moments of weakness, we neglect the Christ and we reach for that old self again. You know, interestingly enough that about the same year I was asked to shave by a football coach, I was given this t-shirt. So this, this t-shirt is 22 years old or something like that, 22, 23 years old, and, and still works amazingly well. In fact, if you look at this t-shirt, the collar's still good, the sleeves are still good. The only thing that's messed up on this t-shirt is the tag that tells you what it's made out of. And you know what? My wife tells me never to wear this again. She said this needs to be put back in the drawer and to never come out, but here it is. <laughs> I don't know why that gets an amen. You see, this is what we do. We, we pull out these, these old ways, these old times, our old self. We remember it looking okay. We remember it fitting a different kind of way. Jesus takes us up and brings something new into our lives and something holy and begins to fill us with singing and thankfulness. And the greatest of these is love. See, put, put this on. Put Christ on and, and see how new and energetic and vibrant your life is if you will leave those old ways and the old one in the drawer and be made new in the person of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus has something special in store for us. A life that's filled with love and overflowing with song. And we romanticize about the comfort of a fading t-shirt. The scripture is reminding us this morning to lay aside the old self. To lay aside who he used to be and put on Christ. And when we do, all will be renewed. Day by day, we will be renewed in the person of Jesus Christ. Your old ways are gone, and new life has come. You are a new creature. Clothed anew because of who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ has done. And that's what we're going to cling to. And that's who we are becoming. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you grateful people who love you and have come into this place because you are good. And so, Lord, we, we surrender to you. Our lives, ourselves, our time, our wardrobes, they're yours. And Lord, in this time, we pray that your spirit would 
move and, and search our hearts and shape them into something holy. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We have our time of response now, and every, everybody in here needs to respond to the Lord in some way this morning. You may pull out your listening sheet and just write what's on your heart. Uh, the, the altar is open. You can come down and you can kneel and pray at the altar. We pray that you, you'll make use of this space. Um, I'll be down here. Brian will be down here, and, and we will receive you and pray for you. We'll, we'll visit with you about accepting Christ or being a part of this church. This, this is the time to do that. We're going to sing cheerfully. We're going to give joyfully. This is what our God has called us to do. So if you, if you need, need to remain seated, please do. And with the rest of us, let's stand and respond to our Lord. ask that you be seated. The Lord continues to do some work here, which is a great thing. We always our expectation that the Lord is moving. So as we begin to enter our time of offering and worship through giving, let me offer this uh, prayer prompt. Today across the nation, across the world, is the International Day of Prayer for our persecuted churches. So this is our prayer prompt today, and um, consider that God is alive and active and caring for those who stand in harm's way. Sovereign God, we worship you, and we acknowledge that you know of all those who suffer in your name. We remember those who are imprisoned for their faith and ask that they would see that even though they remain captive, that their chains have furthered the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord. For those who are tortured both in body and mind, give them the grace to endure. And for those asked to pay the ultimate price, who are martyred because of their love for you, may they truly know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of, his sharing, of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Finally, teach us what it means to overcome by the blood of the Lamb 
and by the word of our testimony, so we will not love our lives so much as to shrink from death. O Lord, hear our prayer.
now are privileged to think about our life together as a church. Um, as I prayed earlier uh, in our prayer prompt, today is the day for the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. A pastor shared that um, this week, 200 churches will be attacked physically, so there will be harm done to, to 200 churches throughout the world. So we, we need to consider very seriously our brothers and sisters who stand in harm's way for the cause of Christ. It is our privilege and our joy to pray for them and stand in solidarity with them. So be thinking about that today and, and, and every day, really. Also, today is um, our second area fellowship for this fall. Um, so homes throughout the city, will, will, people will gather in and share some food and share some time around the Word of God and just c share community. Again, we are, we are made for community, so I hope you're a part of those. Uh, you can go online to find out where those are and, and sign up for the spring when we, when we start those again. Next Sunday night in the sanctuary at 6 o'clock will be one of the great privileges we have as a church to ordain um, some of our pastors to the work of the gospel. Obviously, we affirm who they are and who God has called them to be, but this is just one of the ways that the church can get behind them and say, that's right. So we'll be ordaining um, Byron Pitts, who's our director of community missions, um, Jimmy Gunn, our pastor to uh, preschool children, and... Um, also, Rick Henderson, our pastor to youth, and we're just a privilege to affirm what God is doing in their lives. And also, let me call your attention to some really beautiful arrangements here in, in front of me. Um, on this day where we have a marriage retreat, that we have many of our, our families that are meeting um, in New Braunfels at T-Bar-M and, and, and thinking about marriage and what that means and how God is, has called them together and how God can be honored in that, we, it's appropriate that we celebrate an anniversary so today's altar flowers are given to the glory of God and in celebration of the 30th wedding anniversary of Dave and Kathy Romfeld. Way to go, guys. Now, I should also tell you, if you notice right in the center of this arrangement, are, they're tucked away in there. There are a couple flowers, a red and a white one. Dave, now, you think get a lot of points for this. But Dave saved uh, Kathy's wedding bouquet, and those are, those are from her bouquet, so he, he had those put into the arrangement. Way to go, buddy. Did you know that, Kathy? Way to go, buddy. <laughs> whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it as unto the Lord. So as we go from this place, take the name of Jesus with you. Let's stand together. bless you.
First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.